G'day everyone and welcome to the Footy Feed Podcast. I'm Cal Toomey and while in Queensland, I've been lucky enough to be joined by the bosses of clubs across the competition. Today, I've got Collingwood Chief Executive Mark Anderson with me to chat about all things Magpies and season 2020. Mark, thanks for coming on for a chat. Great to be with you, Cal. We're lucky enough to be up on the Gold Coast in the Transition Hub for nearly two weeks. It's pushing that mark now. Um, how have you been watching the games up here? Collingwood plays tonight. Uh, how have you sort of been watching the games uh, from afar and, and with the Collingwood contingent? Yeah, well, we've uh, we've got together as a group. So uh, we've got a, a good contingent up here with uh, a small number of staff, but um, wives and, uh, and kids and, and partners of uh, players and staff. So we've got together as a group. Uh, and we're doing the same tonight and uh, getting some pizzas in and uh, very low-key, but uh, getting together as a group and, and watching it in front of the big screen. So uh, it's actually a good way to uh, to watch the footy and obviously cheer on the black and white as a group. How do you find yourself watching as a watcher? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I like to focus, uh, have a chat before it starts, and uh, but I very much like to focus on the match. So I'm not particularly chatty during the game, uh, very much focused in the match. And uh, so looking forward to tonight's match. And uh, the boys flew out uh, of Queensland this morning and they'll get home at uh, about 1.30 tonight. So it's a in and out mission and uh, it's kind of symbolic of where all teams are at at the moment. So it's incredible how we're, we're just cracking on and, and getting things done. Was it always your plan to head up to Queensland in, in terms of your role and, and be on the ground up here? Yeah, it was Cal at some stage and it was just about uh, picking the right moment. And uh, uh, as we all know, you know, th- things changed uh, rapidly and a lot. And so it was just getting a sense as to, where the whole organisation was at and, and where all of our staff were at and then and the right time to come up here. So it was always part of the plan. It was just the uh, the right timing and we had a family group that came up in, into the first hub uh, that was a little bit too quick in terms of other things that were happening. So uh, this one timed well. How have the guys fared over in Perth and then obviously coming back to Queensland, um, you know, in terms of its next fixture block, how has the group handled that? Yeah, look, I reckon our, our group have handled it really well, and, and like all teams, in reality, they've they've just uh, lived in the moment and, and made the best of each environment. And uh, WA uh, government and and police looked after us really well. They're, as we all know, they're really strict quarantine uh, rules in WA. But the the people we dealt with, including uh, the police and the government, they were, they were tremendous to work with and and supported us well and. The guys enjoyed the time over there. We um, we stayed in Joondalup, as, as most people know, which uh, you know allowed a little bit of space and the guys to have a bit of exercise around the zone. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get the on-field results from the three matches. We uh, we we started well against Geelong, but uh, then lost the next two. But as a hub, uh, it worked well for the group. But good to be here in Queensland and to connect the guys in with their families. Can you take us behind the scenes about what it's been like leading the club through this, I guess, once in a century year and describe the challenges, you know, that maybe we wouldn't know from a public point of view? Yeah, well, it, it is a good question, Cal. You know, leadership in, in all forms and uh, an elite sport has uh, has many challenges, but uh, none more so than this year. And I think it's around, uh, you know, how, how we do adapt and, and lead through constant change and one of the things in elite sport um, 
that we all know that have been in elite sport for a while is, is one of the things that uh, all athletes love and, and teams love is a bit of certainty and an ability to plan. And we've had none of that this year. And so yeah. it, it's been around being flexible and, and adaptive and just kind of living in the moment and, and having a really positive mindset and just finding solutions and, and making things happen. And, you know, our, our guys collectively have done a great job of that. And clearly there's, uh, you know, every every team will go through a bit of peaks and troughs, both performance uh, as well as, you know, bad days and good days. But as a group, we've, we've done incredibly well on that front and just uh, lived in the moment. What are the changes you'd like to see come out of this from either an on or off field perspective? The AFL has been sort of pushed and rushed into certain decisions. Some have worked really well. The, the shorter season, you know, it was a masterstroke early days. Obviously, the shorter quarters have allowed for this compressed fixture to work too. Is there anything you'd like to see, you know, retained into 2021 and beyond? Yeah, there's, there's been some good discussion uh, right across. And one of the things of, of living uh, living together is that it allows for a lot of uh, good discussions across a range of people. And I think um, certainly from a travel perspective, um, you know, and we're, we're an example of that today, but, um, you know, we're in a normal round whether, you know, we always got in the night before and, and yet all teams are finding that uh, you know, flying in, flying out on the day ha- has worked for a number of teams where you know, where the times allow, and that's something I'm sure that we'll look to in 2021 and beyond uh, around travel plans for matches. I think uh, you know there's been uh, recognising the challenges and difficulties, but there's been good feedback around this uh, a block of condensed fixturing. Um, and so whether you know we retain a little bit of that uh, into next year, it couldn't be an extended period, but you know even in the block of midwinter, it, it might have some merit. I think there's been great interest and uh, particularly you know in, in winter where fans are, are loving the festival of footy, uh, yeah. it, it has worked well. So I think that's another one that uh, potentially we could retain a version of. I was going to say that. Do you think like the big bash style of footy every night, um, particularly in the, the deep depths of, of winter when everyone's at home watching watching the game at night, it sort of has meant that these few rounds have really flicked through pretty quickly. It seems to have been a, work, a ratings winner too. So it seems to have worked on a number of fronts. Yeah, it has. And, uh, and I think it, the beauty, I think about getting it right though, it's around it being uh, just a condensed number and so not overplaying it. Uh, and I think, you know, overplaying it, uh, it starts to lose a little bit, but absolutely one block of condensed fixture where uh, people know they're coming into it, they can plan that. Um, it does give the depth of the list a bit, a bit of a, a good test, uh, again, if you can plan for it. Um, and as you say, that block of winter where people can plonk themselves in, in front of the tally and, and cheer on uh, their own team a number of times, but you know, matches every night. It's yeah, I think it's a it's a good feel in the middle of winter, and then coming out of that block, you know, a chance to go back to normality and kind of freshen up. As we, you want your best teams in, in good form and with all players available in the finals, and we don't want to lose that. What will be the financial implications of the season for the Pies market? Huge crowd drawing club. How do you mitigate against that? And I guess those forecasts that you would have made at the start of the season that haven't been there just through the revenue streams being down. How do you manage against that? And as a big club that clearly sort of focuses on crowds as a big source of income. Yeah, well, 45% of our our total revenue is crowd related. So that's... uh, you know, mem- membership, obviously, and uh, then gates. And uh, 
and, and crowds. And so I'm stating the obvious now, but it's a, a massive part of our business model. And so, um, you know, it, it has impacted on us hugely. Um, what what has been great, and again, this has been true across all clubs, our members have been absolutely incredible throughout. So the loyalty that they've shown and, and they've stuck uh, has you know, ensured that come the end of the year we'll be in pretty you will know, we'll be in okay financial shape and um, you know you wouldn't want to have another year like this uh, on all fronts um, but our members have stuck incredibly well and our corporate partners have also been incredible and so they've they've stuck with us and no, no issues there and and again just working to find good solutions with us and so on all fronts uh, you know the it's it might be a cliche to many, but for us, you know, side by side does matter, and uh, our yep. partners and uh, and our members have stuck incredibly well, and it's made a big difference for us. The club has had two breaches of the COVID nineteen protocols. The second one, while you're actually up in Queensland, your first couple of days here involved uh, Nathan Buckley and assistant Brenton Sanderson. Can you talk me through that day, and, and I guess from your perspective, your role in that as that news emerged? Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, we've, as you say, we've had a couple of breaches and without getting into sort of the detail of it, you know, at the at the time it, it was disappointing and uh, I think for the most part our group have been really good. Uh, they've actually been recognised by those they've worked with as being uh, really um, positive, collaborative and, and complied with everything that, that we've needed to and, and sort of embraced that. Disappointing on that front, um, I think, the positive out of out of the disappointment was uh, all three just owned their their mistakes immediately, didn't offer any excuses, and and understood they'd done the wrong thing uh, in the moment and accepted the the penalties. And uh, it's what we expect from the good people they are. So it, disappointing at the time, but it's also history. They accepted uh, their role, their punishment, and and we've definitely moved on. Day to day at the Holden Centre, obviously going down to training and from our perspective, from a media perspective, you go in the cafe and you see players around and there's that sort of um, real community feel to it all. How have you managed as CEO and in, in your role to, to keep in touch with the players throughout this block of time when, they, when they've been away? You've, you've lost, lost that sort of incidental contact. Do you, do you have a, a catch-up via Zoom with, with key players or key stakeholders like that? How, From a personal point of view, have you, have you remained in those relationships with, with the players by distance? Yeah, it's it's a it's a real challenge, um, and uh, and you just find different ways of, of leadership to to work through the challenge. And uh, early days, it's it's had phases too, Kel. Early days, you know, in that first lockdown where there was so much uncertainty, um, I rang all players and all staff, you know, one on one, and uh, you know, worked my way through that list and had actually had some great conversations with uh, with our people. Uh, as individuals, in, including players and staff. And so um, that's how I did it early because I was very mindful of uh, all of our people were kind of living their own isolated worlds and so that connection was important. Um, as they've come into the hub, they've, they've kind of had good supports so of uh, kept connection with uh, with our leaders um, and at times connected in with the group as well. But very much uh, like yourself, I'm sure, Cal. Looking forward to Thursday and being out of uh, quarantine. And one of the real positives of that is connecting back into the team and having that uh, that direct contact again. I think, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that. And uh, it'll be a good sort of next phase. Just in terms of your personal background, Mark, um, history and sports admin at, at Swimming Australia and, and Hockey Australia as well. And, and 
the AFL too. Is there one thing that you find that's transferable across all sports in the way to work or the way to connect with sports people or just over overarching type of things that you've picked up across working in different fields, but under the same sort of, I guess, um, umbrella of sports? Yeah, uh, another good question, Cal. The um, elite sport is elite sport, and and clearly, uh, each sport have their own uh, nuances and certainly technical areas that are, are very different. But the elite sport environment is incredibly similar, uh, and the dynamic and how they operate and and the roles, and in fact, the people and the style of people and personalities for the various roles are very similar across all. Um, Hockey was, uh, you know, Rick Charlesworth as coach and, you know, very experienced and world-class coach, uh, ran a very similar program to an AFL team. Uh, so a lot of parallels there. Swimming was a little bit different because it's an individual sport and come together in a team environment a bit similar to this in a, in a intense hub for uh, competition, uh, but also uh, individual sports. So a little bit of nuances there, but... What I love about uh, high-performance teams and, and staff is that constant pursuit for excellence and that continuous improvement that everyone seeks and that attracts a particular type of person that's uh, very much around not being satisfied just in the moments about that trying to get better, finding ways to get better and, uh, and challenging each other. And it's a really positive environment uh, and it's a learning environment and I, I love that about all the sports I've worked in. Talk about the pursuit of excellence and success. What have you made of the Collingwood performances this year on the field? You know, it's been an up and down season in some ways. What's your What's your take on how the Pies have gone? Yeah, and started well, and uh, so this uh, this last uh, last bits had its had its challenges, and and I think every team's going to go through that and has gone through that, and we'll we'll see that right through to the end of the season. So. I think it's uh, it's about finding that that those little blocks of momentum um, and sort of the, the bite-sized blocks of uh, sort of three four rounds and uh, and trying to build some uh, some consistency and some momentum off the back of that. So we're about halfway now through this uh, condensed block and uh, we've got a big match in Adelaide tonight and that that's really important for us that uh, we get a. Good result away there after um, after a tight win over the Swans, and you know I think you know, that that will set us up if we can get a win in Adelaide tonight uh, for the sort of back end of the year, and hopefully that uh, you know we start to get a couple of our um, our injured players, including uh, the skipper, back uh, for round thirteen, and and start to build into that back end of the year. We mentioned Nathan Buckley just a little bit before he's resigned as coach until the end of twenty twenty one. Would, would you look to open discussions this year on an extension before you get into next year? Uh, look, I think, uh, and it's not a comment about Bucks, it's just a comment about everybody. Um, there's just, we're so much in the moment uh, at this stage that we're, we're just uh, looking to, uh, to get through this season and very focused on this season. And uh, as you say, Bucks is... Uh, uh, contracted already till the end of, end of next season and, and doing a great job. I, I, um, you know, I've had the benefit of working with many great coaches uh, across my career uh, and, uh, and Bucks is a ripper in terms of both style and his expertise and experience. And so I got yeah, a massive wrap on, on Bucks, but uh, you know, we're just in the moment and uh, given that he's got next season as well, we're, we're all just living in the moment trying to ensure that we get the, the best out of a 2020 season and that includes player contracts as well at the moment. 
Well, I was going to ask that. It's a perfect lead-in and segue there. You probably saw this one coming, Mark. But um, contract talks with Darcy Moore had started pre-COVID-19, and I guess the, the contract freeze um, sort of put a hold to them as well. And Jordan Degoe clearly is also unsigned beyond this year. Do you expect both of them to be in the black and white next year? Yeah, so again, and kind of I'll go back to my previous answer. We've we've not uh, sat down and had the you know, in-depth, serious uh, conversations that we'd normally have uh, at this stage of a, a normal season and uh, both players are you know, happy in the black and white and uh, and really pleased with where they're at. Uh, clearly, Geordie's got the, uh, the the finger injury at the moment, but uh, you know, he was having a good season beforehand and uh, and Dars was having a great season, having a rest tonight against... Uh, yes. and, and we'll come back uh, for the next round. But, uh, yeah, both uh, you know, satisfied with where they're at and, and uh, so... But we haven't sat down and had kind of the, the very formal conversations yet. Okay, is that just a, as you say, just a, a circumstance given the, the, the situation, that the, the difficulties to do that in person, and um, I guess the block just being um, unfrozen, I guess from an AFL perspective more recently. Is that just the main yeah. reason for the delay there? Yeah, the total reason, Cal. It's uh, you know we, we weren't able to have the conversations in the first phase, and then. When they did it open up, we're we're straight into the block of the the twenty days. So it's it's purely just the logistics and everything else we're dealing with. But uh, yeah, as I said, uh, things are, are, tr- are tracking well, and we'll have the the right conversations at the right time when uh, when the players as well have got a bit of headspace. Also, last one for you, Mark, and I really appreciate you coming on today for a bit of a chat. Will you be recruiting Trey Roscoe's mum, Fiona, to head some sort of membership campaign or, or something next year because she's become a viral sensation over the past few days, one of the best debutante videos we've ever seen, and she's become a bit of an internet celebrity over in Perth as well. What do you make of it? Uh, a great closing question, Kel. She was she was <laughs> an absolute ripper. Uh, we all watched it and had the same reaction, just uh, cracked up laughing. Uh, absolute, uh, yeah, as you say, what a, what a great debut. Uh, had just plenty of lines and, uh, and cracked the team up as well, They uh, which was good work from her mum. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was just uh, champagne comedy, wasn't it? It was uh, but so just in the moment and uh, genuine, uh, which is what we all loved about it. And uh, yeah, she she backed it up. She uh, yeah, the other debut match and his his first goal, and she's uh, out the back having a ciggy, which uh, just yeah, you couldn't write it. She was uh, it was champagne comedy. Absolutely, Mark. Appreciate your time in the chat, and good luck uh, tonight and for the rest of the season. We wish the Magpies well. Great, Cal. Good to join you, mate. And to our listeners, thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back with more podcasts soon. In the meantime, keep clicking back to afl.com.au for all the latest news. Hi, I'm Nat Edwards. The only place to get your daily footy news inside 20 minutes is on AFL Daily. Get the jump on other fans each weekday morning as AFL Daily sets the agenda on footy's biggest stories. A no-holds-barred, introspective look at the AFL world hits your podcast inbox each morning at 7.30. So subscribe to AFL Daily wherever you get your podcasts to never miss a moment.